we're starting our series tonight on Chase the Lion. Let's stand again. Let's open our Bibles to uh, 2 Samuel chapter, uh, chapter 23. 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 20. Benaniah, son of Jehoadiah, was a valiant fighter from Kabzeel. who performed great exploits. He struck down two of Moab's best men. He also went into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. Father, we thank you for your word, and we know every ounce of your word is there for a reason for us. All scripture is given by your inspiration. And all scripture you declare to be profitable for our doctrine and for our lives to prepare us for the good works and the good things that we're supposed to do. So Lord, we look at this scripture tonight and we look at this uh, book tonight and we just pray you'd help us to capture a truth that would raise us up out of the malaise of today into the vision of your kingdom. Touch us and guide us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. This book is all about uh, the dreams God would have for us. The things that God would have you to dream and have you to see. And and the first question I would ask as we start into this series uh, over these next four or five weeks is this. What are you doing right now that will matter past your lifetime? What are you involved in today that will matter past your lifetime? And not only what is it that you're involved in, but how are you dreaming of God's power being added to that thing so that something beyond your ability can happen in it. What are you praying for? What are you looking for? It, 50 years from now, if your ch- great-grandchildren were to read about your life right now, what's going on in your life right now, would they say, Wow! Grandma was something. Grandpa had faith. Look what what they did, what exploits they did for the glory of God's kingdom. We can look in this passage tonight and we can see this passage tonight and God in his word declares that Benaniah was a guy who did great exploits. I think that's what God wants to say about all of us. I think he wants to move in every one of our lives to do something beyond our own abilities and beyond our own strength. Something that will make a difference in eternity. So the question continues then, then why are we living life, why are you living the life you're living right now? Is it a life that is on that real faith edge where you're 
You're, you're out there doing something for the kingdom, living in faith for something that really makes a difference. I've been around a lot of people who wanted to live in faith for a new car. They wanted to live in faith for a new home. They wanted to live in faith for a new job. But why are, why are we wasting our faith on the temporal when God would have us use our faith on the eternal? What are you really visioning with your life for it to be? How do you really want to see things unfold in your life? Why are you living the life you're living right now? Some people are living the life that they're living right now uh, because it's safe. It's not too risky. They, they're, they're, they're living the life they're living right now because it's comfortable. It's a low-risk life. Some have had life and their dreams beaten out of them by circumstances. They're dreamless today. But I want to ask you, when you get old, when the day comes and the, the, the real battle of your life, the real sum of your life has been, is, is, is stated, you can look back on your life and say, you know, that's what my life was all about. What do you want it to say? I, I challenge 20-year-olds and 19-year-olds with this question all the time. When 50 years go by, and you can look back on life, what, will you want to have, what, what, do you, what do you want to have accomplished that you're going to say, yes, that's what God ordained for me? And from wherever you're at to the end of your life right now, what do you think God wants to use you for? Do you think he wants you to continue to live the way you're living right now, continue to have the same accomplishment you're having right now? Maybe so. Maybe some of us are at that really radical edge of living by faith, doing the work of the, of the kingdom of God. But if you're not, I want to ask you, why not? Do you really want to get to the end of this run, the end of this journey, and at the end of this journey, just have lived safely and comfortably and at ease and, and not have taken any risk? Or do you want to have done something that impacted other people's lives, that made a difference for eternity? where you saw the hand of God move. Stop and think. Are you doing anything like that? Are you doing anything? Are you even dreaming of a place in this world where you would like to see there be a difference? That God has planted in you some idea of in this place, I can make a difference. My mom's closed her office down in the last few weeks and, and uh, she hadn't been coming into the church office. She said, you need to use it for something else. And, and uh, so we, we, uh, we did that. It was an emotional moment for me, an emotional moment for her. And, and one of the things I found there was this VHS tape. <laughs> and so uh, yesterday... I threw this VHS tape on and it was about a two and a half minute videotape from 1999 of VBS. And I called Renee and we sat and watched it two or three times. We started picking out kids and people that were in that tape in 1999 realizing these kids are in their 20s and 30s now. 
And here's a group of people investing in their lives. Giving time, having vision to say, let's try to plant a seed. Let's try to do something that'll make a difference and help these young people find what are you doing? Where are you investing? What are you dreaming about? What are you investing your life in that's going to really require some faith and is going to make a difference in eternity? See, normal people run away from risk. Now, there's, there's a few people out there. There's a few of the, you know, some of these high-end, you know, risk-taking people who love risk and every risk is, you know, every mountain's there to jump off of and, you know, every ocean is there to see how deep you can go. And, you know, there's some people who, that's just their nature. But most, most of us, most people are a little more risk, you know, a, a, we're a little more cautious. But hear me. As God's people, we live under orders. We are called to dream dreams that God would plant in us that require faith. And faith is in essence a risk. Faith is this issue that it's not there in front of you now. But you're stepping out and you're believing God's going to come through. You don't have it. Faith, you don't have it all figured out with faith. You just trust what God says. You believe what God's telling you to do. And you've weighed it all out and you realize, I can go this far, but God's going to have to take me the rest of the way. And you step out in that thing in faith, believing that God is going to come through for you. Benaniah, with Benaniah, God was showing us a valiant warrior, a man of action and a man of accomplishment. I don't know about you, but I don't have any desire to jump into a pit with a lion, even if I'm well armed. What possessed him to do that? What possessed God to show us that? Because I, one of the reasons I believe is that this, it requires action. See, we don't know what, what, what was motivating. Maybe, maybe this lion had attacked his flock. Maybe this lion had attacked his family. Maybe he just had an extreme dislike for lions. Uh, but what, what, whatever it was, he was determined to not, be, to not live by fear of that. He was determined to do something. To the point that he put himself in a very risky place to accomplish something that would be written about him that we would read about centuries later. And Benaniah would move from that place into being the captain of the king's bodyguard. God was showing the type of character of a man that he could advance. Listen. Our actions or lack of actions today determine our life tomorrow. They determine where it's going to be a mundane life. They determine whether it's going to be an also-ran life. They determine whether it's going to be a, a casual faith life, a casual accomplish, accomplishment life, or they determine they're going to be a life of faith, they're going to be a life of accomplishment, they're going to be a life of risk, they're going to be some nights when you put your head on the pillow and going, God, if you don't come through, we're sunk. But God, I'm counting on you to come through. 
So even if you have big dreams, I want to tell you, we're not going to reach them by sitting still. We reach them by taking action. You have to take on the lions of today if you're going to be the champion of tomorrow. You've got to take on the thing that's in front of you today. You can't just sit back and say, I want to be the king's bodyguard, the captain of the bodyguard, and I hope someday he anoints me to do that. No, the cat, I'll tell you who the king's looking for. He's looking for some people who took on some lions. He's looking for some people who went out and took on some odds that seemed greater than everybody else was willing to, t- to take on. And then the king says, all right, you're my guy. But he doesn't just come down in the mix of the thing, close his eyes, and say, who's sitting still and doing nothing? I choose him. No, he looks and says, who's, who's taking on the things right now? And if you want to walk in greater and greater measure, you've got to take on the things right in front of you now. Do the things today. Oh, and I get to feeling better when this happens or that happens, then I'll do it. No, we've got to take on the things that are there today. Here's what I believe. I believe that God has an important work for you to do. I believe he has an important thing for you to do. Do you know what it is? I believe you're going to face obstacles when you, when you, when you, when you, when you, when you find it. You're going to face resistance when you find it. You're going, to, you're going to find times when it seems impossible to get it done. That's one of the things I'm really adverse to in, in, in the people I, I work around and work with. I, I, I hate to say I can't do that. I, hate, I, can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't do it. No. Why did God put you in that place? God's putting you in place. He's made you, given you the things that he's given you. Listen, right now where you're at, mom and dad, you're raising kids in an ungodly cultural society that's pushing them away from God. You can still raise godly champions. Don't surrender to any lie of the enemy. Don't surrender to it. You're living in, you're living in a time that's pushing against us. This is when the champions get a chance to, to show up. You'll either succumb, you'll either give in to the pressure, or you'll say, not me, I'm going to live by faith, and then God's going to work through you to do something beyond what you could do on your own. That's got to be our desire, and we've got to be willing to dive in and believe that. I believe God's got something for you to do, but I believe there's got to be an attitude in us that we're going to get it done. You are one idea. I love this in this book. It says this, you're you're one idea and one risk away from a totally different life. From being raised to a new place. And it's going to be tough. Some of, some of you are doing good things right now. But they are completely in the power of your abilities to do them. Some of us are just drifting right now. Some may be out there risking, everything, risking things in faith right now. And some of us, I believe, are doing good things, but it's entirely in our ability to do them. You can do them in your own strength. You can do them in your own wisdom. And I want you to hear, I want you to hear this. That's all great and that's fine, but that's not what's eternal. The eternal thing is the thing that you can't do on your own strength. The purpose of God will be found in a dream that is destined to fail without divine intervention. Did you hear that? It's destined to fail. You can't do it unless God helps you do it. 
It won't get done unless God does something. God loves to put his people in places that are impossible so he can show his glory. Show me any story in the Bible that's a story of God revealing his glory where man did it in his own power. God throws, um, throws the, the, the kid out against the giant. He leads the people up to the Red Sea. He d- puts us in places against armies. He looks at the armies of Gideon and says, no, 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 no. There's too many of you. You're going to think you did this. Send a bunch of them home. I want to get this thing down small enough that when I do this, everybody will know I did it, not you. That you'll know I did it, not you. God whittles us down to that point because he wants to show his glory through us, his power through us, if we'll take the step of faith. And the question is, am I willing to dream those kind of dreams? Am I willing to take those kind of risks? I believe our greatest regrets in life will be the God-ordained opportunities that we left on the table, that we walked away from and didn't take the risk. How about you? Most people that say they believe in God, most people who say they believe in God have to ask themselves the question, do I live like I believe in God? Can I get real personal here? On Sunday morning, when offering time comes, we really say whether we believe in God or not. How big our God is. You just, oh, I believe in God. But how big is he? Is he big enough to bless you in your finances? Is he big enough to use you? He says, oh, I believe in God. I believe in God. Okay, is he, is he big enough that if you witness to your coworker and invite him to church that he can do something in the middle of that? Is he big enough for that? A lot of people say they believe in God, but the God they believe in is really small. God wants to see him as really big. And he wants to put us out in those places that are beyond our ability so that he can move through us and move through our life. Now listen, small risks help us discover faith that allow us to take bigger and bigger risks because when you take the small risk and God comes through, then the next time you come to something, you remember what God took you through before. So God starts us with the, God, God teaches, he starts us many times with a small risk. He usually doesn't lead us out to the Red Sea the first time. He starts with the smaller risk. And he builds us this place where, we can, where we'll take greater and greater. That's why doing what's in front of us today is so important. So remember this. When you get to heaven, God is not going to say, well said, He's not going to say, well thought. He's not going to say, well planned. What God wants to say to us is well done. He wants us to do something. And again, a God-sized dream will be beyond our ability to do it. And if you're looking for an excuse to not do one, you'll always find one. I I need more time with my kids. I can't afford it right now. I'm too tired. I don't know where to start. Maybe someday in the future. You'll always have an excuse. But if you're looking for an opportunity, 
You're going to find one. Listen, there are people today without food in our world. There are people today in our community who've been raised in hopelessness. They see no way for a better life. They have no dream for a better future. They have no concept of who God is. There are people who've been trampled in despair by abuse, by words, by circumstances. There are children who are being misled by a culture. There are people who are broken and hurting. There are people around the world who can't find clean water to drink. There's people living under oppression. There's people destined to hell. And the question is, is anybody going to do anything about it? Some people are trying. There's ministries out there that are working and trying. People are dreaming dreams. And the question is, are we going to get on on board? We sit right here and we say we want to compel every person in central Illinois to seriously consider the claims of Christ. And we can all sit here and say, amen, that's a good thought. That's what we should be doing. Yes, go for it. Let's go. Are you willing to do something about it? Are you willing to get on board and do something about it? Are we willing to make a difference? Are we willing to step out and say, God, use us? The biggest enemy of God-sized dreams is our comfort when we're comfortable and we're secure, it becomes risky to begin to do something that will lead us outside of those comfort zones. But the big question we've got to ask ourselves is what do I want my life to count for? Do you really want to be God, a part of God's force of light? Now listen, in the process of that, God lets us dream dreams, and sometimes in the process of that, God connects our heart with somebody else's dream. We do that every year at missions. We hear missionaries come in here, they share their dream, they share their vision, they they know it's bigger than them. Some of them are going into countries where they're not welcome. Some of them are going into places where they're going against tremendous odds. And we sign up with them and say, yeah, we're going to dream with you. We're going to vision with you. We're going to work with you to get this thing done. That's one of the places where God teaches us how to dream is when we sign up for others' dreams. Now listen, I want, I want to teach you one lesson on this. This week I put an analogy on Facebook. And uh, uh, there were some people who liked the analogy. There were some people who didn't like the analogy. And, uh, and, and people started taking my analogy and, and morphing it into their own analogy. And, and I finally, after about three or four of them had done that, I wrote in there, all right, this is my analogy. You don't have any right to change my analogy. I give no one permission to change my analogy. It's my analogy. Either like it or don't like it, but don't change it. This is my analogy. And when you go in and God signs you up and you get connected, your heart gets connected with somebody else's dream, we don't have a right at that point in time to change their dream. We jump in with their dream. We support their dream. When the missionaries come in here, I don't try to tell them what to dream. I want to hear their dream, and I'm either going to say, yep, I'm in, let's go, or we say, you know what, we don't feel like that's what we're supposed to do. That's not good luck to you. May God's blessing be with you. We don't feel that we're connected to that. But we want to buy in. We want to get in those places where we can buy into the dream. So 
Open your hearts to the dream of God. It'll be, listen, it will be hard. The dream of God's going to be hard. It's going to be costly. It's going to be emotionally costly. It's going to be costly in time. It's going to take up time. It'll be uncomfortable, and there'll be times when you think this is impossible. But that's okay. If it's not that, it's probably not God's dream. The size of your dream may be the most accurate measure of the size of your God. If it doesn't challenge you, stir you, and scare you, it's probably not God. Because if it's inside of your ability, inside of your circle of strength, then God's not going to get glory for it. But when it's outside of your ability and you walk into it. So God gives us this choice. A life that is mundane, a life where we get by, a life that is comfortable, and that's what we're really tempted towards in America. Our big temptation is our comfort. Or we get a chance to jump in the pit with a lion and do valiant deeds. So hear me. When Jesus walked out of the tomb on the third day, the word impossible was taken out of the Christian vocabulary. At that moment, all things become possible. So if your heart beats to feed hungry people, if your heart beats to see lost people saved, if your heart beats to see young people get past the mistakes of this world and quantum leap over them and not even be touched by them and live glorious, victorious lives, or whatever other dream that's worthy of God's eternal power that God would plant in you, don't sit back and wait. Begin to move towards it. Oh, I don't have this. Just just begin to do what you can do and then let God pick up what he can pick up. I want to challenge you today. God doesn't want your life to be mundane. Oh, he's going to try to beat you then. He's going to try to beat you up and keep you from stepping out in faith. But God wants you to dream dreams that'll change people's eternities. Amen? Give the Lord a clap offering for that. In the front of the book, Mark Batterson writes a, a manifesto. We gave it to you today to take home and just pray about and to keep. Listen to what it says. Quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. Run to the roar. Set God-sized goals. Pursue God-given passions. Go after the dream that is destined to fail without divine interruption. Stop pointing out problems. Become part of the solution. Stop repeating the past. Start creating the future. Face your fears. Fight for your dreams. Grab opportunity by the mane and don't let go. Live like today is the first day and the last day of your life. Burn sinful bridges. Blaze new trails. Live for the applause of nail-scarred hands. Don't let what's wrong with you keep you from worshiping what's right with God. Dare to fail. Dare to be different. Quit holding out. Quit holding back. Quit running away. Chase the lion. Listen, friends, 
I don't want to get to the end of this life and stand before God and just have lived. I want to give before, stand before God someday and know that my time on this earth, I was doing what he meant for me to do. Amen? You understand all the things that we get on this, all the talents that we have on, they're just on loan from him. On loan from him. They're just on loan from him. And they're supposed to be used for his glory. Not for us. Supposed, I mean, we, we, get the, we get the benefit of, of getting to enjoy them. But we're supposed to use them for his glory. So what dream does God have for you? Over these next four or five weeks, what we're praying is that you'll connect with dreams around here, with vision about what we are called to do as a body. We're praying that you will, that you will catch vision for what God wants you to invest your time and your life in from this day forward, that you'll begin to see things and become passionate about things that you never thought of, that God will begin to plant things in your life, and you'll begin to move towards those dreams and be used of God in greater and greater measure. That in some of the places where God's already planted you, he'll give you fresh dreams for them, fresh, fresh passion for, for what, they should, what, what they can do. And that you'll be looking at the leaders around you saying, listen, don't cut back on us. Give us more to do. What else can we do? How else can we extend the kingdom of God through this thing that, that, that we have the ability to do? Listen, there's not supposed to be spectators in the kingdom of God. You left the stands when you got saved. You came onto the field. It's time to play the game, to fight the fight, to win the battles, knowing that we have the greatest quarterback of all who gives us power over all things to make a difference. And there's not a defense ever created that can stop him. The gates of hell cannot prevail. Amen? So let's stand together tonight. Father, I just pray that for some, this would begin to breathe life into them tonight. Ones who, who've been beat up and, and aren't dreaming, that Father, they just begin to say, hey, yes, I can. I can dream. I, I pray for some of us, Father, who are just living comfortable lives, that we would begin to be stirred tonight to say, I, I want to take some risks for the glory of God's kingdom. That, that, that they'd want to do what you'd have us to do. And I pray for those that are already in that battle, that they're already trying to do things beyond their ability, that they would feel your hope resurge and re-energize them to continue in doing well, for in due time they shall weep. So touch us tonight and guide us tonight. In Jesus' name. I'm going to ask Ryan to sing a song and we're going to close with a very simple thing. I'm going to ask you to take just a, a moment of pledge to God. And if you'll say to God, God, I want to dream your dreams. I, I want to hear what you would have me to do in my life. I'm willing to take the risks you would have me to take. I'm willing to get trained and prepared and work so I can accomplish the things you'd have me to accomplish. I want to not be fearful in the eyes of this world. I want to walk with faith in you. As, as Ryan sings, this is a pledge to God. Just step out and say, God, here I am. Let your dreams come into my heart. I'm not going to ignore them. I'm not going to push them aside. No more excuses. 
I'm going to start moving towards that dream to do what you'd have me to do. If that's you, I just want you to step out and come stand around the front and say, God, here I am. Fill me. Fill me with hope. Fill me with peace. Fill me with direction. But fill me right now. Jesus, that's our prayer as we come around this altar tonight. That you'd take our life and, Father, dreams that we've already started to dream, maybe ones we've already started to work for, dreams that are on a back shelf, dreams we haven't dreamed yet, that, Lord, we would hear you, know you, and do what you'd have us to do. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray you'd let our lives be the lives of doing valiant things. Oh, I know that's scary. I know, uh, Father, it's, it's risky. Sometimes we're hanging off the side of the mountain by one little rope. But, Father, we know your hand is upon us. So, Lord, in Jesus' name, let us not see those things that are impossible, but let us see those things that are possible in you and walk in them for the glory of your kingdom, Lord, and make a difference in many, many people's lives. And today, today, Lord, let us start right where we're at. Show us the thing right now you'd have us to do so that we can grow in faith to do the next thing you'd have us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Hey, I love you. God loves you. Don't let the enemy beat dreams out of you. Be here over these next five weeks. If you can get this book and get it, read it. And let the dreams of God begin to seek. God, what do you want from my life? Why did you create me? Remember the, the scripture in Ephesians. We were created for good works in Christ Jesus that he prepared for us before we ever even came into the kingdom. Prepared beforehand. I don't want to miss those things, do you? That's what I want my life to count for. That's what I want it to be about. And we get about that. The enemy's going to try to fill our life with stuff and with things that are meaningless. We've got to set them aside and say, you know what? I'm going to give my time and my effort to that which matters. Amen? Amen? God bless you. Go in the name of the Lord tonight. May his joy be in your heart.